we started a series called Return of the King. And Jesus told us in the final chapter of Revelation that he's coming soon. Amen? So I want to go back over the highlights from last week real quick. We talked about seven signs coming from the nation of Israel that signal that Jesus is preparing to return soon. One of them was that in 1948, he brought the nation of Israel back together in fulfillment of Ezekiel 37. Another was that the nation would be born in a single day, as in fulfillment of Isaiah 66, 8. And since that day, Israel has been a cup of staggering to surrounding nations. And that was in fulfillment of Zechariah 12, 2. In 1967, God gave Israel control of the Temple Mount in fulfillment of Revelation 11.1. And their capital city, Jerusalem, in fulfillment of Luke 21.24. According to Luke 21.24, Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of, of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And on June 7, 1967, the time of the Gentiles was fulfilled. And if retaking Jerusalem wasn't enough, in 2018, the United States, followed by many other nations, recognized Jerusalem as the capital city of the Jewish homeland. And we learned that in order for the temple to be cleansed, it requires the sacrifice of a red heifer. And Israel had not seen a red heifer for over 2,000 years but on August 28, 2018, not one, but two red heifers were born. Jesus could return soon. Amen? But however, we have a lot to learn before he does. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to walk through the events of the final decade or so of planet Earth. But before we do, I want to walk you through one more set of signs that tell us the end may be near. If you have your Bibles, go with me uh, to the book of Luke, chapter 21, and I want to begin reading at verse 24. Let me set this up real quick. The disciples are asking Jesus a question. They asked him, and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And verse 24 was Jesus' answer. He said this, they will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Then he points to the sky and he says this in verse 25. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Psalm 19, verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Psalms 19 is saying that God is constantly communicating from the heavens. If you, if you look up on a cloudless night and you get a sense that there is a, a marvelous maker behind all we see. We, we go camping, and if you've ever gone camping... You can go to these campsites, and a lot of times it's dark enough there that you can look up and you can see the stars in the sky, and you can notice the beauty of what God is doing. God is communicating in the 
the sky all the time, and sometimes his communication is more specific and direct than others. So what Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 21 is, towards the time of my return, I'm going to be sending you signals using the sun, the moon, and the stars as my communication device. So the question that you might have is, how? How is this possible? Let me give you some kind of give you some uh, history background here, kind of take you the, the first time that Jesus came. God used the stars to forecast Jesus' birth. If you remember the wise men, here's the story of the wise men. They're following the star. And in September of the year that we know as 3 BC, the planet Jupiter passed over the top of a star named Regulus. It then passed back over Regulus two more times over the next few months. And this is what's called a crowning. Jupiter crowned Regulus in the constellation of Leo. So here is some interesting information for you to follow with this. Jupiter is called the king planet. Regulus is called the king star. And Leo is called the king constellation. Between late 3 B.C. and about mid 2 B.C., the king planet crowned the king star in the king constellation. So you have king, king, king. The wise men of Persia, they were astronomers. And they saw this happen and they knew exactly what it meant. You see, before television, people did a lot more watching of the stars. They didn't have a whole lot else to do. So their nightly entertainment would be to go out and they would watch the stars. And they understood the stars. So when these eastern astronomers saw a crowning of the king by the king in the king, they gathered up gifts and mounted their camel. They followed the star on its westward migration, which led them to Israel. And as they followed this, this planet, um, Jupiter, the king planet, it came so close to the planet Venus that the two looked like they merged in the night sky. So if Jupiter is called the king planet, Venus is called the mother planet. And the merger took place inside the constellation of Virgo. Virgo represents virgin. And this conjunction of the biggest star in the sky and the brightest star in the sky not only signaled something was up between the mother and the king, but their combined light produced what appeared to be the brightest star in the sky during the wise men's lifetime. Do you see how the heavens can tell a story or signal an event? Amen? It's pretty amazing. You can't tell me that God does not have a plan. You can't tell me that God is not in control. You cannot even tell me that there is no God. Because I don't believe that this stuff is just coincidence. I believe that God has a purpose, a plan for everything. I believe he lines up the sun, moon, and stars to give us signals. I believe that he has control over everything. And I believe that you and I must take that and understand what God wants us to do. And so that's what Jesus is talking about in Luke chapter 21 when he says, then there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. So we just read how God announced his son's first coming through the stars, and he is announcing the second coming of his son by forecasting it in the stars 
today. So how is this happening? Go to Matthew chapter 24, which is a parallel passage to Luke 21. Jesus gets much more detailed about these heavenly events. And this is what we are going to look at for the, for the rest of this message today. Matthew chapter 24, and I want to begin by reading verse 29. It says, Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. This verse describes four events that will occur. These events will foreshadow the end of days. One is the sun will be darkened. That happens during the solar eclipse. A second is the moon will not shed its light. That happens during a lunar eclipse. A third is stars will fall from the sky. To me, that sounds like maybe a meteor shower or maybe a series of comets. And the fourth is the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The power of the heavens are angels and demons. So this may be some sort of spiritual event that takes place. Now, we may not be able to understand everything illuminated in this verse. But let me tell you what we do know. And here's where you want to start taking notes. If you're taking notes, we also have my uh, notes that you can pull up on our website or on the app. But according to Jewish tradition, solar eclipses are signals about the Gentile nations. And lunar eclipses are signals about the Jewish nation. So Jesus says that after the distress of all the things he's already talked about in Matthew 24, things like wars and rumors of wars, nations rising up against nations, false prophets appearing on the scene, a rise in lawlessness and the love of many growing cold, he says after these things have started to take place, you can expect to see a significant solar eclipse, maybe more than one. So sign number one, there will be solar eclipses. Now remember, I said this last week, I'm not of it. I, I, don't, I don't ever claim to be one. But I do read my Bible and I do read the news. And if you can remember back a few years ago, on August 21st, 2017, our nation spent an entire day tracking a total solar eclipse that crossed over the United States from one shore to the other, moving from the west to east. Does anybody remember doing that? Anybody do, remember doing that? Go out watching it and, and seeing it, and, and people gathered all over, and, and there was even people where it was coming through the United States that were out there looking at this uh, eclipse. But that was on June 8, 19, or I'm sorry. That was on August 21st, 2017. The last time there was a full continental eclipse over our nation was on June 8, 1918. Now you've heard about what happened then. The Spanish flu happened to hit our nation.
a Basque shepherd who, in 1740, believed he saw the Virgin Mary sitting on thorns there. During Hurricane Harvey, the entire area was sitting on thorns of a disaster. Now, Hurricane Harvey was projected to make landfall in Corpus Christi, Texas. Corpus Christi was spared from that hurricane, though, and Corpus Christi means the body of Christ. Some pastors in Texas believe that God was sending us a message that as the world will be sitting on thorns during the end times period, the great storm of judgment will be diverted from the body of Christ and we will be spared. So our first continental solar eclipse as a nation took place in 1776, the second in 1918, the third just four years ago. Now, how many of you would like to guess when the next solar eclipse will happen? It's coming a little under four years from now. On April 8, 2024, which is the last day of the Jewish calendar and exactly two weeks before the Jewish holy day of Passover, which is the time when Jews would be selecting their lambs for sacrifice if they had a temple to sacrifice them in. The 2017 eclipse traveled west to east. The 2024 eclipse will travel east to west. Now here's something interesting. Its crossing point with the 2017 eclipse will mark an X over the United States in a little village in southern Illinois called Makanda. Now Makanda's nickname is the Star of Egypt. In the New Testament, it was the star of Egypt that heralded in the first coming of the Messiah. Now, all of this may be coincidence, but I believe that God is trying to tell us something. Amen? Solar eclipses are signs about Gentiles. Lunar eclipses are signs about the Jews. Matthew says the sun will darken and the moon will not shed its light. So towards the end of time, there will be solar eclipses, and the second sign, there will be lunar eclipses. Is everybody still with me? Am I confusing anybody? Are you pretty interested? So look at what God says through the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2, verses 30 through 31. He says, I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So, the moon looks like it turns red during a solar eclipse. And for that reason, a total lunar eclipse is called a blood moon. You've probably heard that term. Four times over the last 500 years, there have been four blood moons that fell on four Jewish holidays over a two-year period of time. Four blood moons lining up like that is called a tetrad. It's T-E-T-R-A-D. The first tetrad happened in 1492 and 1493 under King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Spain. We tend to think of 1492 as the year that Columbus did what? Sailed the ocean blue. But lunar eclipses are signs for the Jewish nation. And for the Jews, 1492 has a different significance. 
1492 was the year Ferdinand and Isabella kicked them out of Spain. And from that time on, they had no place to call home. It was the beginning of the regathering of the Jews that eventually resulted in Israel being reborn as a nation in their own land. The second teacher happened in 1949 and 1950. We learned last week that Israel held their National Independence Day in May of 1948, but it took them another nine months to get a government up and running, so this second teacher signaled the coming back together of the Jewish nation. The third teacher happened in 1967 and 1968. At Israel's rebirth, she controlled only half of the city of Jerusalem. But during the Six-Day War of 1967, it regained East Jerusalem. And for the first time since 70 A.D., Gentiles were no longer trampling the holy city. The Jews controlled it themselves. The most hatred took place, the next hatred took place uh, in 2014 and 2015. And many believe that this teacher signaled the beginning of the rebuilding of the temple, which hasn't happened yet, but is being seriously prepared for by several groups in Israel. Jesus' third sign from the sky that we read about in Matthew is that the stars will fall from the sky. Now, I'm not sure, but I believe he's saying meteors or comets. And uh, so I believe the third sign is there will be meteors or comets. Meteors are impacting us every single day. There was a huge one that exploded over Russia in 2013, setting off a blast that was 30 times more powerful than the Hiroshima bomb. And the fourth sign from the sky is that the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, honestly, I don't know what that one means. So it might be happening right now, it might be happening soon, or it might not happen for a long, long time. We don't know. Jesus continues his description of the end times in verse 30 by saying this. Matthew 24, verse 30 and 31. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. So, there are three more signs to come. Number five, the Son of Man will come on clouds of heaven. Number six, there will be angelic trumpeting. Number, uh, number seven, he will gather the elect. So from the four corners of the earth, the angels who accompany Jesus will be playing shofars. A shofar is a ram's horn. It's not a brass trumpet. Unlike a brass trumpet, a shofar is made, uh, made, from, uh, made of bone. So its sound doesn't carry far, and this is why on Rosh Hashanah, which is also known as the Feast of Trumpets, 100 shofars are blown in relay fashion, starting with four trumpeters facing the four directions of the compass on the four corners of the temple, and their blast will be relayed by blast in the distance, passing forward the news that the new year is here to the whole nation or at Jesus' return to the whole world. David, would you please come up here for a minute? And I want you to show them 
what a shofar looks like. And then also, I want you to blow the shofar so they can hear what a shofar sounds like. As you can see. Thank you, sir. Amen. That'll wake you up, won't it? After giving these signs in Matthew 24, Jesus gives some application. Look at verse 32. He says, Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. And truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. So, Jesus' seven signs in the sky, they're followed by seven warnings to us. Here's number one. Those who are looking will see the signs. So let me tell you, keep watching for the signs. That is why I am doing this series. It's so that you know what the signs you are looking for. It's important that we understand what Jesus is, how he's going to be coming back. We can look up in the stars and the sun and, and understand and know. So when you hear about these events and these things happening, understand that God has a plan. God has a plan. He has a purpose. Number two, Jesus will return within that generation. Now, it says this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. We don't know how long a generation is. It might be 20, it might be 40 or 80 years, and we don't know if the countdown began in 1948 or 1967 or 2018, but I believe that the countdown has 
begun. And number three, he will come on a day no one knows. Now, most scholars believe that no one knows that day nor the hour in which Jesus will return because that's what he said here in verse 36. But now listen to this. Messianic believers have started to teach us that there is a holiday called the day no one knows. All Jewish holidays are timed by the lunar calendar. Most holidays start a few days or weeks after the first of the month. But one holiday starts on the first day of the month, and since the first day of the month is determined by the new moon, the holiday can't be declared until the new moon is sighted. So in Jewish tradition, two witnesses are required to watch the last of the moon disappear on the last day of the year. When these witnesses see what is called the horns of the moon, the last little slivers of the moon's light, they report to the chief priest that the new moon is upon us. At that moment, he declares the holiday. No one knows when the holiday will start until the chief priest declares. So the Jews, nicknamed for Yom Teruah, which means a day of blowing, the day no one knows, Yom Teruah happens on Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. So, Warning number four, those who are not looking will not be ready. He says they'll be eating and drinking just like people did in the days of Noah, right up until it started raining. Those who aren't looking for the return of Christ most likely don't know Christ. So our job is to help them get ready by telling them about the good news of Christ. Amen? That is why it's so important that we let people know that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to be crazy or, or weird about it, right? But we can let them know. And if they want to know more questions, we can come to them and we can give them, uh, show them signs of how we feel like Jesus is coming soon. Warning number five, we should be constantly watching for him. Some translations say, be alert. Others say, keep watch. This means that we are to keep watching all the time for signs that he is near. Amen? And then number six, he told us to be ready. We are to be ready for Jesus' return at any moment. Amen? So how do we make sure we are ready for Jesus' return? Matthew chapter 24, verse 46 and 47 says, It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. You see, a servant who is ready is a servant who is doing his or her job. And this means they are actively serving the Lord. They're praying. They're giving service. They're sharing their faith. These are all the things that help us to be ready. These are all things that, that help us to continue to be waiting and watching. We're not just supposed to sit around twiddling our thumbs doing nothing. That's not what Jesus told us. He said to be ready, to be watching, to understand that he's coming soon, and we're to not give up, we're to not quit. And then warning number seven is a description of the reward that you'll receive for being ready. 
or, uh, number seven is those doing their job when he returns will, re will reap a great reward. He says that servants will be put in charge of all the master's possessions. God is up to something in this world, amen? He's building a community, and it's a community of people who are related to him by faith or one another in love so that he can bless us and through us bless the world, amen? And this community is almost complete, but not quite. Our job is to be faithful lovers and sharers and tithers to fund ministry and prayers to fuel ministry. And that's what it means to be ready when he comes. Get ready, amen? We need to be ready. We need to be ready to do and to receive what God wants us to do and receive. And I want to close with one last scripture today. And it's found in 1 Peter Chapter 4, verse 7. Is everybody still with me? I know I gave you a lot of information, and, and I want you to know that it, if you want a copy of this message so that you can continue studying, I'll be happy to get you a copy of this message. And, last, and if you missed last week, go online. Go on YouTube. Go on our website. You can hear last week's sermon. But go listen to what I was talking about last week. This stuff is important. This is stuff that's happening every single day. These are things that, that we are understanding that God has a plan and a purpose for us, and he has some amazing things, and it's for us to receive and understand to know that he is coming soon. Amen? So let me give you this last scripture. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. It says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. God is good, amen. God has a plan for us. God has a purpose. God wants to use us. He wants to use his people to fulfill his kingdom. Look around you. There's empty seats in this place. Amen? That means that there's people that need to be here. And I still got more seats I can put out. <laughs> so that means there's a lot of people that need to be here. And they're going to come only by us inviting, only by us sounding the alarm, letting them know that Jesus is coming soon. It's not going to be long. It's not going to be long before he comes. And we've got to make sure that we let everybody know that's, that, we, that we come in contact with that Jesus is coming soon. We need to invite them to church. We need to invite them to come and be a part of the fellowship. We need to invite them to come and be a part of Christ's community. Because Christ is coming back for his church. And we need to be ready when he comes. Amen? We need to be ready. 
And we need to let those that, that are with us, that, are, that we know, that we love, that are our friends, that are our support, we need to let them know that Christ wants to touch them and love them. And he's coming for all those who are ready. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, I love you. And I praise you. And I ask right now that you touch our hearts and our minds. God, that your word has been spoken here today. We hear, we see the signs. We hear the warnings. And so God, I pray right now for every individual that's here. That if they do not know you, God, I pray that they would return to, that they would turn to you and serve you. God, I pray for your path. I pray for your love. I pray for your growth in our hearts, God, that we can be who you want us to be. We can do what you want us to do. We can say the things that you want us to say to those that are still not given in to you. God, I pray that you would open up their hearts to receive you today. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, eye closed this morning. Whether you're here in service or you're watching at home, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Scripture says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That means every sin forgiven, washed away as if it never happened. Today, you recognize that you need His grace. You need His forgiveness. You need change. You cannot earn it. It's not something that we deserve. But it's a gift that is freely given to you. And that could be why you're here today. Maybe you came today because you need Jesus. Maybe you tuned in today because you need Jesus. If that's the case, it's time to say yes. Today, by faith, give Him your life. Surrender your life over to Him. Here's the thing. You've tried. You've tried to do this on your own. And you've proven that you can't do it. You need Jesus. Can you pray this prayer after me? Can we all say this prayer today? Say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I confess that I need a Savior. Today I give my heart to you. Come into my life and make me clean. I want to serve you. I give my life to you. I am no longer my own. But I am yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer today, if you're at home and you said that prayer today, let someone know. You can let me know. You can call the church, email, text, whatever. But we want to help you in your spiritual journey. This is not a sprint. <laughs> But it's a marathon, amen? But I don't feel like we have a long time. I believe Jesus is coming soon. I believe he's coming soon. Amen, amen. Hallelujah.
Can we sing this song this morning again? We sang it earlier. If you can, stand. And I want us to worship. Just take a moment and just worship the Lord.
Yes, Lord. Any good? And God good. Amen. Can we just worship him? Just, just worship him right where you're at. God, we just praise you, Lord. We magnify your name, O oh God. You are our King of kings and our Lord of lords. You're the beginning and the end. You're the Alpha, the Omega, and we worship you today, God. We praise you today, God. You'll be here forever and forevermore, even though when we may pass or go, Lord God, you'll still be here, and you will still reign upon that throne. And no, no powers in this earth, no powers in this earth can say otherwise because you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and we worship you today, and we love you today, God, and we honor you today, God, and we magnify your name. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen and amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen? Amen. I want to just... Uh, um, Take a moment before we go. I've got a few announcements, and then we're going to pray over the offering. I want to say uh, thank you to everybody that has brought in Operation Christmas Child Boxes. Uh, if, you've, if you had some boxes, you say, oh, I forgot to bring them. We're not actually turning these in until Tuesday, so you can get a hold of me. Uh, I can give you my number or what have you, and you can let me know. That, hey, you need to bring. Also, if you'd like to just give money, we can go buy the stuff for you. We've got some extra stuff that's been turned in, and, and uh, we can uh, get those boxes prepared and get those ready. Uh, so you don't even have to go to the store if you don't want to. We can go to the store for you. You can put that in the offering, and we'll do that as well. Uh, but thank you so much for those that have brought boxes in. And um, I know it kind of got away from us this, this year with a lot of things that's been going on. And and so I just wanted to say thank you, though, for those that brought boxes. Uh, also, uh, this Saturday, our uh, men's breakfast is going to be at Denny's. Same time, 8.30 a.m., but we're going to be at Denny's. And as soon as we're done with Denny's, if you'd like to help with the food pantry, we're going to come back and, and help with the food pantry. That's this Saturday at 8.30. Next Sunday, we're going to have a special pre-Thanksgiving breakfast anybody like breakfast yeah if you'd like to eat this is free of charge we're just going to get together in the fellowship hall it's a great time for us to get together before service we do this every once in a while and we're just going to have we're going to have i think there's bacon and there's some eggs and biscuits and gravy hash browns and all that all that good stuff so uh, yeah i ain't talking about that stuff i don't even want regular gravy but anyway Everybody thinks I'm not right because I don't like gravy, but, you know. Uh, so uh, that's okay. If you all want gravy, we're going to have plenty of gravy. So uh, you can come chocolate and regular gravy. So uh, whichever one you like. Okay. Uh, and so that is next Sunday at 930. Okay. So get here at 930. We'll be ready to serve you breakfast. And so you don't want to miss that. Also, Saturday... Uh, if you would like to help Kelly decorate the church for Christmas, uh, she'll be here at 9.30. Either 9 or 9.30. Show up at 9. It'll be all right. She'll be here. Uh, huh? No skills required, she says. Just come. If you, can, if you can fluff a tree, she'll let you fluff a tree. We got plenty of trees for you to fluff, trust me. Uh, so uh, just come. There's lots to do, and she'll take all the help she can get. And so that's this Saturday, and so hopefully Sunday you'll see it. This stage will all be decorated for Christmas and 
Oh, it's hard to believe it's already here, isn't it? You know, it's, it's not going to be long, is it? Uh, so anyway, uh, you can do that. And youth tonight at 6. So I think I got all the announcements. Did I miss anything? Good. Ladies, did y'all have fun yesterday? They had a blast. So um, if you were not able to go with the ladies, if, ladies, if you were not able to go with the ladies yesterday, uh, they have something uh, they do different things throughout the year, and so just be looking for the next one. All right, let's pray over the offering. God, I just come to you this morning, and I thank you for all the many blessings. I thank you for what you've done, how you've been there time and time again. So God, my prayer this morning is for every individual that's here that is giving. God, I pray that you'd bless the giver pray that you'd bless those gifts. I pray that you'd help us to use it to do your work, to do what you've called us to do, what you've asked us to do. Help us to be all that you want us to be, and we give you praise, and we give you glory, and we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Y'all be blessed this morning as you give. God, we just praise you and give you glory. Amen. See you Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Yes. If anybody has seen a cell phone, y'all let Kathy know if you found it.